At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. A warmer from the above. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. For Coach Jesse, with myself, Greg Hubes-Peters. And now part of the Eastern Family Podcast, we've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Connor Hope. He does amazing work over at HXCBB, taking a look at the game that we all know and love of college basketball. He, much like myself, out here on the West Coast, Best Coast, and we're going to be discussing with him the sort of lack of moves that we've seen from many of these teams out West, as we have seen one team, the WCC in Santa Clara, that's been making quite a few moves. We're going to be highlighting them, along with a coaching change at Probably should have been made by Stanford, but instead was made by Cal and the way that that has been treating them and some of the winners of the transfer portal thus far. We're also going to be talking a little bit about Gonzaga, their outlook, and what they need to bring in to be able to stay at prominence this offseason. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we saw in college basketball over the last 24 hours. That final segment is going to be about 25 minutes long, so... We've got quite a bit that is going on there, and if you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we will fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNRNSquart1. Keep in mind, letters DM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, and we've got a relatively full show ahead. So we're just going to take our break right now rather than taking it at an inopportune time. And coming in next, we are going to be joined by Connor Up right here on Cusco Soups with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. 
I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And it is great to be joined by this man as Connor Ope does amazing work over at EJXCBB, taking a look at the great game of basketball. I know that he and everyone else over at EJXCBB did an incredible job this past college basketball season. I know that they're getting set for what is going to be an amazing 2023-24 season. He is one of the co-hosts over at the Heat Check CBB Hangout. That is the show slash podcast that they do over there with Brian Roth, along with our good friend Riley Davis as well. And for Connor, I know that he is out here on the West Coast, much like myself, 
and a man that is able to be followed at Hoops Hope CBB all together. And Connor, great to have you aboard. Thank you. It's always great to be to come on. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thank you for joining me, Connor. And it's always nice to be able to talk about some new storylines when it comes to college basketball as well. I know that you're a man that does a great job following really the entirety of the West Coast. I know that you've got a little bit more of a leaning towards the WCC with being a Gonzaga graduate, but the team that has really been taking the West Coast college basketball scene by storm, obviously there have been quite a few East Coast teams and Big 12 teams that have really been standing out, but the team on the West Coast that really stands out to me is Santa Clara. They have made a lot of moves, bringing in Adama Ball. They bring in Jalen Benjamin from Mount St. Mary's. This has been a team that has been very active in the transfer portal, and I really like the moves that Santa Clara has made. They're going to be moving quite a bit from last season, but what have you made out of Santa Clara this offseason? Because I feel like they're really the team that has been making a lot of splashes here in the early goings of the transfer portal season. Yeah, I think with Santa Clara, I mean, they added Tyree Bryan as well from Charleston Southern. I think for Santa Clara, it's they're likely to lose Brandon Podzimski to the draft. They lost Carlos Stewart, who you could argue... Podzimski is obviously their star, but you could argue that that Carlos Stewart did a, did a ton and on any other team would have been, you know, the best player on that team. So losing those two players, obviously incredibly difficult to, to replace. Adding guys like Benjamin, Brian, Dama Ball is huge. It lets Herb Zendek restructure his team. Now, are they going to be as good in the backcourt? That's the question, because Santa Clara historically has been a very strong backcourt heavy team. I trust Sendek to, to put all of his guards in, into good spots. As you said, Santa Clara, I think, has been one of the more active teams out West, um, not just in the WCC, on the transfer in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's been really interesting to take a look at them. And I thought it was very interesting just what we saw in the WCC this past year as well, because we had one team playing absolutely magnificent defense, playing super-duper d- slow in St. Mary's, but it feels like all these other teams have been trying to catch up to Gonzaga. They're sort of trying to copycat Gonzaga, like Santa Clara under Herb Sendak. They've been going more and more up-tempo, more offensive-oriented in recent years. You notice it with schools like Portland, San Diego. You go down the list, and it felt like there was really no defense whatsoever played by a team not named St. Mary's this past year, the WCC, but all sorts of offense. What did you make out of what we saw in WCC play this last season? Because I feel like it is very much a changing landscape, and I'm very curious to see if there's going to be a team or two that looks to zag and looks to do the opposite of what it seems like everyone else is doing in the conference right now and playing up-tempo with not necessarily a ton of defense. No, I mean, I think the teams, they just need to play up-tempo, right? St. Mary's has been the only team in the conference that's been successful at slowing down Gonzaga's attack, slowing down those games, preventing them to from getting those, you know, quick transition buckets, throwing a wrench in their pick and roll offense. Like that's where St. Mary's excels defensively. And I don't think any other team in the WCC is equipped to do that defensively in the same way that St. Mary's does. And so then at that point, in order to beat a team like Gonzaga needs to be able to run with them. So you're seeing them start to play a more up-tempo pace, maybe not necessarily what they would want to do, but just out of necessity so that their players can keep up with the Zags from a conditioning standpoint for a full 40-minute game. Because we've seen a bunch of teams in the WCC stay close to Gonzaga for 
30 minutes, 35 minutes. Outside of St. Mary's and last year, Loyola Marymount, we haven't seen a team do it for the entirety of a game. And so you're going to see teams continue to play up tempo A because it allows them to get players who might be looking at, like Podzimski, making that jump to the NBA. But also, it is really the most likely scenario for them to maybe pick up a win or two against the pair of Gonzaga. Yep, and those that were betting overs in the WCC this year were thanking all those schools as well, because it was a very good year on that front with a lot of teams being able to put the ball in the basket as joining me on the podcast. We do have Connor Opie does amazing work over at Heatcheck CBB and just taking a look at the West Coast landscape, I know that we've obviously talked a little bit about the WCC, and there have been other teams that made some moves as well, but who are a few of the teams that are out here in the mountain time zone slash the Pacific time zone that you take a look at the moves and you've either thought positively or negatively about them? Because I mentioned one team that I think they've done an incredible job this offseason in San Clair and Loyola Marymount. They picked up Lars Simon. I'm sure that I said that name wrong, but the seven-footer from Cal was able to average right around nine and a half points per game. I think that that's a solid move as well. But with regards to a lot of the West Coast teams, feels like it's been a little bit of a silent start to the season for them here at Transfer Portal season because the Pac-12 has not necessarily made a whole heck of a lot of moves. There have been a few teams in the WCC that have, but we haven't really seen the big splashy moves like we have seen from schools out in, say, the SEC, the Big 12, and even just generally on the East Coast. It's been quiet, right? The the big pickups, obviously you have Steel Venters going from Eastern Washington to Gonzaga. Honestly, the biggest pickup outside of that, barring, you know, some of the rumors surrounding, you know, Arizona's recruits and whether they're going to end up there, has been Fardaz Amak to Cal to join Mark Madsen, his former coach, Mark Madsen at Cal. Outside of that, you're looking at a pretty slow go of it for the West Coast. I feel like part of it is just NIL and not necessarily that NIL is going to prevent these West Coast schools from being good, but you need to be able to compete or you need to be able to pick and choose who you go after. You don't have the boosters or or the support that you might have at a Miami or an Arkansas where you can just kind of throw a blanket invite or phone call to every single recruit in the portal. You need to be at these schools very targeted. Uh, we're seeing that with Gonzaga. We're seeing that with Arizona. Very targeted about who you who you go after because you don't necessarily have $800,000 per player to, to just throw around and play with. No doubt. And I do think that that was one of the best coaching moves that we have seen all offseason long. I'm not sure how Cal was able to get Mark Madsen, but they were able to get Mark Madsen, to your point. They bring in Fardaz Amick, and all of a sudden, the Cal program that looked like one of the most dead power conference teams in all of college basketball. Not to say that they're going to be some 25-win juggernaut this year, but all of a sudden, the light is finally trending in the right direction for them. And who have been some of the teams that made some of the best coaching moves this offseason? Because that goes right to the, to the top of the list. In my opinion, Madsen did an amazing job with Utah Valley. Bringing him in, I thought, was a quadruple A-plus for Cal. I feel like another team in California and Stanford should have made that move. That's a discussion for another day, though. But what would have been some other coaching moves that you take a look at? And you really like the way that the program is trending. To start off, Stanford was in a position where you could argue that they should have been the ones to make the move and get Madsen. I think if they had moved on from Haas, then Madsen would have would have ended up in Palo Alto. But they have Stoyakovich's son coming in. They just secured a transfer in Jared Bynum. That's really good. The job at Cal right now is to get Cal to a place where it is competitive in the Pac-12. Not even top half, just competitive. 
win five to six games in Pac-12 play before you start talking about other goals. I think Madsen does that for them. I like what he did at Utah Valley. That team when he was there was always at the top of the whack. And so being able to bring in a guy who knows how to put together a competitive roster, I think was good for Cal. And him being a little bit younger, um, being, you know, a former player of his stature, I think is good for him getting players to come to Cal again, to play together for him. So I like that higher. Yeah. I was hearing the little baby in the background. So I was having a little bit of a laugh, but no, yeah, I, I'm a stay-at-home dad now. His mom's a Cal grad, so he was just trying <laughs> to give his two cents. <laughs> That's absolutely tremendous right there. I think that that is great, as we are always stands for stay-at-home dads on this podcast, and we are stands for babies having their opinions heard, as Connor Hope is joining me right here on the podcast. And Connor, no doubt about it, we've seen a little bit of silence right now on the West Coast. I do think that things are going to be heating up within the next few weeks, but I take a look at some of the more notable moves that have been made, and like I was mentioning, a lot of them are on the East Coast, but I do like some of the moves that have been made over the last, we're going to call it 72 or so hours, because I've been really big a big fan of the teams that they make like one or two splash transfers. They don't necessarily go out there and try to get like 15 guys or anything like that. They don't try to rebuild on the fly-in. It feels like Creighton is going to that approach once again this year. They picked up one very effective transfer last year in Baylor Shireman. This year, they've got one very effective transfer in Steve Ashworth. Now, I do think that they could probably use a little bit more depth. I feel like that was a bit of a bugaboo for them last season. They weren't able to give teams multiple looks. But I feel like Steve Ashworth, going from Utah State to Creighton, it is one of the most impactful moves that we've seen here in the transfer portal. I think that it's exactly what the doctor ordered for Creighton and just an A-plus move all around. Yeah, I mean, remember, Creighton, they had a slump in the middle of their season, but they were one foul call away from going to overtime for a berth at the Final Four. I think Ashworth is the perfect replacement for Ryan Nemhard. He can maybe not take over games at that level in the Big East, but he can get his own shot and create for others. And, and you stick him at the point, and Baylor Shireman's coming back, you know, he can shoot. If Ryan Kalkbrenner remains at Creighton, that trio, I think, is going to be really good for the Blue Jays. It'll be interesting to see how everything else shakes out for Creighton, but the top of the Big East is going to be incredible. I mean, you're, you're going to see probably three teams, including Creighton, somewhere in the top five to ten to start the season. And Stephen Ashworth is a big reason why. Yeah, I think that that is going to be very impactful for them as Connor Hope over at HXCBB has joined me on the podcast. And Connor, who have been a few teams that just in general, whether it be West Coast, East Coast, what have you, you've been really impressed by the moves that they have made this offseason because the biggest winners of the transfer portal I feel to this point has been West Virginia. They bring in Kirk Reese from Arizona. They bring in Jesse Edwards, which that allows them to have great depth because they bring in a nice point guard to be able to run the show to go along Joe Tucson. On top of that, now what they were missing a little bit of, a dominant low post player. They've got that in Jesse Edwards. They're about eight or nine deep as well. So not only are they picking up these guys, but they haven't really lost anyone by the transfer portal as well. I think that they're big winners. Everyone's buzzing about Duke getting Kyle Filipowski, and very rightfully so. But we've been a few teams to you that you just take a look at what they've done this offseason, and you've been very impressed. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off with with West Virginia. I still think Jesse Edwards is not enough defensively for them to hit that next level. But if Jesse Edwards playing at a ceiling and, you know, if Kirk Creesa becomes Eric Stevenson, like that 
That is incredible for Bob Huggins at West Virginia. You add Jesse Edwards, who can clean up a little bit defensively for for what they were missing on the perimeter. I really like that move. NC State getting DJ Horn, I think, was huge. DJ Horn, unsung hero at Arizona State last year, didn't get didn't get nearly the same level of media attention as as his teammates, but he was a pretty solid player. We, I mentioned Carlos Stewart leaving Santa Clara. He ends up at LSU. LSU desperately needed someone like Carlos Stewart, who's just he can score, but he can do so much more for you. Those would be the teams I think are winning. And look. We have not even touched the surface of where people are going to be going. There's still a ton of high high caliber, high profile players that have yet to decide where they're going. Taron Armstrong, Ryan Nemhard hasn't officially announced where he's going. Max A. Smith is still out there. Hunter Dickinson is, is, is still out there. So we could see a team like a Kentucky or a Kansas or someone win the transfer portal because they just get everybody that they want. Um, but... In terms of specifically targeting who they need, I'm looking at West Virginia is obviously the big winner. Additionally, there are still some players out there that haven't even decided if they're going to be going into the transfer portal. We've got 1,499 players in the transfer portal, and this just keeps growing by the day because we saw someone like a Quincy Garrier put his name into the portal over the last 24 or so hours. I think that that is going to be one to take a look at Ali Ali of Butler did as well. So we are not done in terms of guys just enlisting into the transfer portal as well. And I do think that it is going to be intriguing to see what happens this offseason with your alma mater as well. I want to close it up with taking a look at Gonzaga and where they go from here, Connor, because I know you do a great job of following them. And for Gonzaga, they do sort of fit the mold of a team I really like. Typically, they get one or two impactful players from the transfer portal. They're not going to take the wholesale approach. You're not going to go out there and try to rebuild themselves on the fly or anything like that. And it is going to be a new look Gonzaga team with no longer having Drew Timmy. What do you think the outlook is for Gonzaga? And what sort of offseason moves do you think they might be making? I think right now, the three things that you're paying attention to if you're a fan of Gonzaga is making sure that they can close on Graham Ike. I know he was trending away from Gonzaga and started trending towards Gonzaga, picked up a couple of crystal balls over the last week or so. If he can make that decision and go to Gonzaga, not a perfect replacement for Drew Timmy, nobody is, but he's at least a good enough low post player, probably better defensively in the low post, to be honest, than Timmy was, which will help them settle that you know, spot, especially losing Efton Reed to the transfer portal. I think that hurt because you were expecting Reed to kind of take up the mantle after Timmy. Outside of that, I think you're looking at who do they go after to play kind of that primary or secondary point guard alongside Nolan Hickman. If it's Taron Armstrong, Ryan Nemhard, you know, they're going to be looking at a point guard, whether the point guard's in the transfer portal right now or not. And then just what happens with Malachi Smith? Is he back? Does he stay in the draft? If he's gone, you know, who do they add as kind of that guy off the bench or that that third guard that they have in the starting lineup? It really, if you're Gonzaga, you're looking at adding three more guys. You need a big, presumably Ike. You need a point guard that can play either on the ball or off the ball alongside Hickman. And you need another guard who can defend. And you need another guard who can defend. And I do think that they are going to be able to do a solid job in the portal. Mark Few has always been able to find guys that really do a good job of being able to integrate themselves in their style. You saw Efton Reed not necessarily be able to take off. That was just because he was behind Drew Timmy, in my opinion. If he would have stuck around, he certainly would have been able to have some good minutes this season, but can't blame him after not seeing a lot of playing time last season. So we shall see what Gonzaga does this offseason. And Connor, I know you're going to be following this and so much more as you do amazing work 
over at Heat Check CBB. You do a lot of written work. You do a great job with the Heat Check CBB hangout and so much more. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, so we should be having our season wrap-up podcast sometime in the coming weeks. Schedules with with babies and and families and stuff is going to (laughs) be determining that. We're looking to add some more uh, women's basketball coverage to Heat Check CBB for everyone listening you know if you can go check out uh, talia goodman's piece that tracks all the transfers in the women's basketball portal because again there's a ton of high profile women's basketball players that are transferring too so we're looking to add that you know getting ready for the summer and next year right college basketball is a year-round coverage now with the transfer portal so there's a lot to talk about we'll probably be podcasting once a month maybe a little bit more frequently than that but looking to get some more players on to, to discuss their decisions in the summer and hopefully some coaches on as well to, to discuss their teams as we get ready for the 2023-2024. The transfer portal slows down for absolutely nobody. It is going to be a rambunctious offseason, and I know that all the gentlemen over at Heat CBB are doing an incredible job of keeping things straight for us, and one of those men, it is Connor Rope. It is always great to be able to get him aboard on this podcast. A big thanks, Connor, for joining me on Coast to Coast Soups. Now part of the Beeson family podcast and coming up next, we did see quite a few moves in college basketball. If you say so, we'll round those all up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Everybody, good luck in Las Vegas. We're Coach Kessie with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It was always great to get Connor Hope aboard. He does amazing work over at He Checks EBB, taking a look at the game that we all know and love of college basketball, doing an amazing job covering it all 12 months out of the year. So it was amazing to be able to get him on the podcast today. Big thanks to Connor for joining me on Coast Coast Soup's now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes we saw in college basketball on Tuesday. We saw a lot happen out in the great state of Virginia. First, we're going to go to Virginia Tech in that Hunter Couture has decided that he is going to be going back to school as Couture was a very solid player for Virginia Tech last season. I, I really think that his presence was known when he was actually off the court because we recall Virginia Tech 
They had a re relatively rough slide towards the middle part of ACC play, more towards mid to late January. A lot of that came when Couture was dealing with a little bit of an injury as he shot last year 42.4% from three. Has never had a season where he shot below 40% from three. Ten and a half points, two and a half assists, steal per contest. That is just tremendous for this team. So he is going to be a player of impact. And then someone is coming in from the St. Thomas Tommies as it is going to be Andrew Rode, who was the top scorer for St. Thomas last year. He is going to be going to Virginia. St. Thomas was one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball last season. He's going to need to play a little bit of better defense, but he should be a good fit. 17 points, 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists, 1.7 steals per contest, and I really do like what Virginia has done in the transfer portal. They've sort of found guys that are able to be multifaceted, guys that really do fit the system itself. So I do think that Virginia is going to be able to have themselves a nice, relatively solid year. Now, they did fall off towards back half of the season, and it is always a style that does lend itself to a little bit of volatility, but I think that Virginia is doing all that they can to be able to make a nice run in the NCAA tournament as they also picked up Jordan Miner from Merrimack, Dante Harris from Georgetown, so they've made some big moves here in the offseason. Do like where they're heading. This is a nice pickup for Notre Dame as they bring in someone from the Midwest in Julian Roper II. He was playing over at Northwestern this last season and wasn't necessarily some rambunctious guy or anything like that. Average about four and a half points, three and a half boards, missed half the season due to injury. But his career about 37% three-point shooter at six foot three. Micah Shrewsbury, he knows what the heck he is doing with guards, and I've got all the faith in the world that he's going to be able to help him be able to progress as well. So I think that that's a good landing spot for him and Notre Dame. They should be having a little bit more depth than they did last season where they had nobody coming out off the bench for them. We did see Santiago Vescovi decide that he is going to be returning to school as well. Feels like he's been at Tennessee for about 500 million billion years, but he had a very solid year this last year. 12 and a half points, four and a half boards, three assists, 1.8 steals, shot 37% from three, good on-ball defender. There have been a lot of things that went wrong for Tennessee in recent years. I really don't pin a lot of them on Vescovy. Vescovy, as a matter of fact, he has been one of the most rock-solid players for this team in recent years, so I do think that this is absolutely massive. Being able to bring back a linchpin guy like he is, I think that that is going to be massive. Jordan Ganey, he has decided that he is going to be joining Mr. Vescovy over at Tennessee as well as he was playing at USC Upstate this last year. Ganey, you may recall, during the 2021-22 season, shot 49.3% from three. Higher usage role this year, shot 34.5% from three-part during during the 2022-23 season, while being able to supply 15.2 points, 2.5 assists, 1.9 steals per contest. He was at a little bit of a lower level, but I do think that he's going to be a solid fit for Tennessee. You've got to think that he's going to need to pick up his defense just a little bit, but I do think that that is going to be going well, and I believe that USC Upstate has played Tennessee at least once, so there is a little bit of background familiarity there. We also did see Messiah Jones. He was playing this last year for the Terriers of Wofford. He has decided that he is going to be going to Towson. He is going to be becoming a Tiger as he was able to put up great numbers last season with Nine and a half points, five and a half boards. Missed darn near the entirety of the 2021-22 season due to injury, but should be able to fortify things down low. He's able to give his team a seal per contest. I remember he, as a freshman, was averaging nearly a block per game as a six foot six, little bit of a do-it-all Swiss Army knife guy. This is, in my opinion, a very good fit for them. This, I think, is a relatively solid fit as well. He goes from one Illinois school to another as Dalton Banks last season. He was playing at Southern Illinois. He has decided that he is now going to be playing for Illinois State. 
didn't necessarily put up tremendous numbers this last season as he saw a bit of a diminished role right around four points, a little bit over an assist per contest after his best year with Southern Illinois came during the 2020-21 season. That year, six points, about 2.2 assists, 1.2 steals, shot 38% from three, was unable to progress from there, but I do think that Illinois State could be a nice landing spot with Illinois State. They brought in some nice transfers last year. They just didn't necessarily know how to utilize them. We shall see if they're going to be a little bit more successful this time around with being able to bring in these transfers, but they are clearly trying to bring in some talent, and they're trying to be able to up their game in terms of the backcourt, and I do think that a multifaceted player like Banks is going to be able to help out with that. We did see Jalen Cooper. He was playing at Palm Beach Atlantic. He has decided that he is going to be going over to the D1 level, and he is going to be playing for Cal State Fullerton. We've seen Cal State Fullerton do this in the past, as Max Jones was the most notable example of this a season ago. They brought him in from the non-D1 level, and he became absolutely massive for this team. And I do think that Jalen Cooper has a good chance of being able to come in and have a lot of production. We did see along with that, they did lose a guy in the transfer portal that wasn't really seeing a lot of minutes last season in Deshaun Eaton, but that, I think, is going to be a good pathway for them. Cooper was able to put up 15-plus points per contest at Palm Beach Atlantic last year, so I do like what they're doing, and I do like this move as well. Solomon Dumbia. He was playing at TCU this last season, just really couldn't get out there on the floor for TCU. He has decided that he is going to be staying within the state. He is going to be heading on over to Sam Houston State. As Dombia, he is a 6'11", just a load of a man that began his career actually at the junior college level at Navarro, Texas. He was a very highly touted Juco guy that just didn't see minutes with TCU. Sam Houston State, they have struck gold with players like this, and I think that they're going to be able to do so once again. So Dombia, he is going to be joining a team that really was able to have a nice year in the WAC last season. New look team because there was the coaching change that was made during the offseason, but I still think that Sam Houston State going to be rock solid on that front. Daquan Copeland has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. A little bit of a versatile player for Morgan State last season. Six foot six gentleman that had a lot of his season robbed due to injury. He was able to supply right around five and a half points, two assists, three and a half fours when he was out there. A guy that was relatively solid at the junior college level before deciding to go to Morgan State last season. So we shall see how things are going to be going for him. Aiden E. Hogan, he was a former top 50 recruit, and I'm sure that I said that last name incorrectly. We'll give it another shot. Aiden Ihan, he was playing at Louisville to begin his career. He was playing at Grand Canyon these last two seasons, and how the mighty have fallen. He was a former top 50 recruit, according to ESPN, at Grand Canyon last two years. He averages 2.5 points per contest, but he has decided that he is going to be going to Abilene Christian. One thing that Abilene Christian has really liked in recent years is a guy that's able to dominate the boards. At six foot ten. I just remember coming out of high school, he was someone that was really able to dominate the class. Not necessarily one of these just explosive guys that would be able to shoot a bunch of threes and be one of these stretch big men or anything like that, but I do think that he's going to be able to help out Abilene Christian, a team where the hole is greater than some of its parts. He was with the Grand Canyon team that two years ago was very solid on defense as well, so I think that that's a good landing spot there. I'm saying within the WAC, you saw Trey Edmonds decide that he is going from Utah Tech and He's going to be heading over to UT San Antonio. Meet me for the Roadrunners. Didn't see a lot of playing time this last year with just three points per contest, but someone who had six foot nine should be able to man the paint for a UTSA team that they need all the help that they can get down low. We saw a, I guess you'd call it NC State with Clemson trade as Ben Middlebrooks goes from Clemson 
and he is heading to NC State. And Jack Clark heads from NC State, and he is going to Clemson. So a very interesting trade-off there. I will tell you right now, I feel like Clemson were the beneficiaries of this as Jack Clark, even though he was banged up last season, he was able to give the team right around seven or so rebounds per contest. Not a guy that's going to go out there and pop a lot of threes or anything like that, but with Middlebrooks, probably has a little bit of a higher upside, but it's a bit more raw. This last season at Clemson, three points, two and a half rebounds per game. He was willing to pop a few threes, but really didn't make any of them. He is at six foot ten. Clark, more of a six foot eight gentleman. So you get a little bit more size with Middlebrooks. You get a little bit more of a proven commodity with Jack Clark. Jaden Nunn, he was playing this last season at VCU. As we know, VCU underwent a coaching change, and he has decided that he is going to be heading to Baylor. Where have we seen it before where a guard has transferred to Baylor and has had success? Oh, yes, all the time, but for none. He was a rock-solid starter last two years at VCU. Didn't put up rambunctious numbers. Nine and a half points, a steal and a half per contest. Shot 40% from three-point range as a just whole is greater than some of its parts sort of guy. Really knew his role, and I do think that he's going to be able to fit in quite well with Baylor. Now, with Baylor, they are losing quite a bit. Adam Flagler decided to go into the NBA draft. You lose LJ Cryer to Houston, so that's a big deal, but they still do have quite a few nice pieces in the backcourt, and I do think that this is going to be a key cog for them, and I do think that Baylor probably going to be going a little bit more defense-oriented after that was a little bit of a kryptonite of theirs last season. Greg Dolan, he was doling it out in the Ivy League last year, and we've noticed Loyola Chicago really liking that pipeline of bringing guys from the Ivy League. He is going to be going to Loyal Chicago, and I think that this is exactly what Loyal Chicago needed. Loyal Chicago last year was just very loose with the ball for Dolan. He was the main point guard for a team that played super up-tempo. 13.5 points, 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists, 1.6 heels on 1.4 turnovers per game a season ago, all while shooting 42.5% from three-point range. All Ivy League performer a season ago. This is exactly what Loyal Chicago needs to be able to get back online. Absolutely love that fit. Ali Ali, he is back in the transfer portal. Had a very good year two years ago when Akron made the NCAA tournament. Was their top scorer with 14 points, three boards, two and a half assists at six foot eight. Shot 40 and a half percent for three. Could never get going for Butler this year. He missed 10 plus games due to injury. Only was able to put up six and a half points. Shot from three point range, 25 and a half percent from three. The fact that he's six foot eight and really doesn't rebound. That's been a big liability for him, but it's always been a walking bucket. And this year due to the injuries and due to just not being in sorts whatsoever with his Butler team. Could never really figure it out. So we shall see what happens there as he's in the portal. Abdu Usman has decided that he's going to be going from North Texas and he's going to be going to Xavier. Really like what Xavier has done here in the offseason. It appears as though Jack Nunji is not going to be back, but they have looked themselves in the mirror and they said, you know what? We need a little bit more defense. They bring in a pair of guys for the backcourt and Davion McKnight, Quincy Oliveri. They already brought in Logan Duncan, who really didn't see a lot of playing time in Indiana, but is a former top 100 recruit. And now they bring in Usman, who is an all-conference USA performer. He averaged 11 points, a little bit over a block. Six rebounds per contest this season to go at six foot ten, two fifty. I think that Xavier might play a little bit more slowly than they did a season ago, and I think that it would suit them well if they do play a little bit more slowly, but I think that this is a very good gift for them, so I do like the direction that they are moving in. I do think that these moves, all in all, they make a lot of sense. Giovanni Amajuru, he was playing this last season at Sam Houston State, was one of those like 11 guys that were able to see minutes on a consistent basis. He was able to average right around three points, two and a half boards per contest. He has decided that he is going to be going to Siena for Siena. They were a rock-solid team out in the Metro Atlantic. 
They are going to be undergoing a little bit of a face look. They do lose JVM McCollum, so that is going to be a bit of an issue for them. But I think that this is going to be rock solid for them, especially considering they need to replace Jared Billups. That's Jared Billups was one of their top rebounders from a season ago, and he decided on Tuesday that he is going to be heading on over to George Mason. Lots of moving parts with everything that happened with regards to the northeast part of the country. So many coaching changes, and for Billups, last season, eight points, six half boards, able to pop threes, but only shot them at a 26.5% clip, but was also able to give Sienna a block and a seal per contest. So there's going to be big shoes to be filled, especially with Michael Bear being out of the fold, I believe, as well, because he has utilized, like, I believe now, five years of college basketball. I'd be surprised if he's able to be back, but getting someone from Sam Houston State that was part of that good core, I think is going to be very beneficial for them. We're going to see if this is going to be able to yield some fruit as well as Jalen Wells. He's open to play Wells over at Washington State. He last season was playing at Sonoma State, and he has taken the step up, and he has decided that he is going to be going to Washington State. Not very often that you see someone like a Jalen Wells, who was at the D2 level, go all the way up to the Power Conference level, but you take a look at Wells, and I do think that it's relatively warranted. He's six foot seven, so he's got a good frame on him, and last season, he shot 43.8% from three-par range with 22.4 points at two and a half assists per contest while pulling in eight and a half rebounds per game. Washington State has done a good job of being able to pull out some gems from unlikely places. This is certainly an unlikely place with this regard, but I do think that this is one that is going to be fitting very well, and I am very intrigued to see what happens there. Getting back to George Mason, by the way, they also were able to get Amari 3000 Kelly as he is going to be transferring in from UNC Wilmington. It is clear that George Mason is going to be going in a little bit of a different direction this year as he stands right around six foot nine, and he's another one of those whole is greater than some of its parts sort of guys. Eight points, five and a half boards, part of a Wilmington team that was solid on defense. He was able to lend a block per game as well. So being able to pair up Jared Billups along with Amari Kelly, I like what they're doing there. You saw Xander Yates, who just really couldn't get out there on the floor for creating this last season, decide that he is going to be transferring to Liberty. Liberty has taken a few losses here in the offseason, so being able to get in a six foot seven combo player like Yates is big. He's from Germantown, Tennessee, so he's from relatively nearby in the area. Shot 36.5% from three-par range last season. Just really couldn't get out there on the floor for Crane. Crane had a thin rotation to start out with. And for Yates, you take a look at what he was coming out of high school. And he was a guy that was relatively solidly recruited. Not a guy that anyone thought was going to be just necessarily this rock-solid guy or anything like that, but you know what? He was 74 in terms of 247 Sports' composite rankings about two seasons ago. He's got a little bit of an NBA background, so I think that this is going to be very tremendous for them. This is also tremendous for Northern Kentucky as they picked up a pair of transfers from the great state of Wisconsin on Tuesday as they pick up Cade Meyer, who was one of the top scorers of UW-Green Bay this last season. A two-year starter at UW-Green Bay that last year was able to register 10.5 points, 5 boards. Someone that tried to pop threes at six foot eight only shot about 23% from three. But hey, he was still better than like have the players on his team because that entire team was just a nightmare. And then they also pick up Keenan Itajeri with Marquette. They brought in a lot of freshmen this last season. You knew some of these guys were going to work out. Some of these guys were not. Itajeri is a six foot nine. A little bit of a shifty combo player that 
just really could not get out there on the floor. He has decided that he is going to be heading to Northern Kentucky. Going to be interesting to see how he fits their system because Northern Kentucky, they're one of the slowest teams at all of college basketball. Marquette looks to play a bit more up-tempo. Ida Jerry was right around 200th in the country according to 247 Sports in terms of their composite rankings in terms of the freshmen for the class of 2022. So I'm fascinated to see what happens there. You saw Deuce Benjamin along with Isaac Shunganje who were over at New Mexico State. Guys that really didn't see any playing time whatsoever. They decided that they were going to be hitting the transfer portal as well. That's just a big giant mess and I think that we're going to see more and more guys decide that they're going to be hitting the transfer portal as it was also an eventful day out in Richmond, Virginia on Tuesday as they lose one guy in Jason Nelson. Nelson lies here right around 10 points. Pair of assists per contest. He is not going to be traveling too far. He's going to be heading over to VCU. Going to be interesting to see how VCU is able to rebuild themselves because you lose so much with the coaching change that happens in the offseason as you have Ryan Odom who's going to be coming in and we all saw what he was able to do at Utah State. But he's going to be looking to play a much different style than we saw last season out of Mr. Rhodes and company. But Nelson, I think, is going to be able to be a solid contributor. And you saw... Mr. Jordan King, he was playing over at ETSU last season. He is going to be taking his spot at Richmond, and I think that this is an upgrade for Richmond because I like what King was able to do two seasons ago when he was really able to stroke it from three-point range. He was shooting right around 42 or so percent from three-point range. That did hit the skids a little bit this season. This season, 15.5 points, three assists, a steal per contest, but only shot 31.5% for three after shooting 42.9% two seasons ago, but I do think that this Richmond system, it is going to be suiting him very well. It's going to have the ball in his hands quite a bit. It's going to be a little bit more of a slowdown style, which I think suits his game very well. Darion Williams, he was very good on the Mountain West this last season. He was the Mountain West Rookie of the Year at Nevada. Didn't necessarily do one thing great, but he does a lot of things very well. A typical Grant McCaslin sort of guy as he had 7.6 points, 7.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.4 steals per contest, while shooting about 36% for three as a six foot six combo player. He is heading on over to Texas Tech. Just an absolutely tremendous move for all involved. I do think that he is going to be able to take off. I think that this is a good landing spot for him. You've got a few guys that are going to be staying on the Texas Tech roster from a season ago. It should be very interesting to see how things shake out. And you got to figure that McCaslin going to be slowing things down over at Texas Tech. But I think that he's going to be able to fit into that system very well. We did see Quincy Garrier decide that he's going to be entering into the transfer portal. Had his best year at Syracuse two seasons ago. The 2020-21 campaign where he averaged 13.5 points and half boards. Shot right around 31% from three that season. He turned into a little bit more of a stretch player at Oregon at six foot seven. Shot over his two years at Oregon, 33.7% from three, but size production followed about nine and a half points, five rebounds as Oregon was just a really disjointed team last few years. He can't blame Quincy Garrier for transferring. They decided to move on from Khalil Ware as well as he's now at Indiana. Actually, I think it was Ware that decided to move on from there, so going to be a very interesting Oregon roster this coming season as Carlos Stewart, he makes up a really interesting LSU roster. He has decided that he is going from Santa Clara to LSU. I know that this is one of the guys that Connor Ope was talking about and LSU I felt like they made some gains in the transfer portal last offseason. Didn't necessarily all come together. I think that this year it has a little bit more of a chance to come together and I do think that Stewart is going to be able to make that leap from a little bit of a lower level of competition to a higher level as when he was at Santa Clara this last season, he was able to put up some very big numbers with a little bit over 15 points per contest. Was able to throw out the ball out 
810 with about two and a half assists per contest. But the big thing is he shot 40% for three-par range, and he goes really well with someone like a Jordan Wright, who he comes in from Vanderbilt. I do feel like you need a little bit more ball handling, but that's what you get in Jalen Cook as well. I think that that backward of Cook, Stewart, Jordan Wright, if that is what you end up getting, along with Will Baker being a seven-footer that's able to pop threes, is going to make this LSU team very scary for this upcoming season. So I like the moves that are being made there. And then I think that this is a tremendous move as well as Timu Chenery. He was playing this last season at Quinnipiac, and he's had a lot of success at Quinnipiac. Really fell a little bit out of favor this season with Quinnipiac being a very deep team. He has decided that he is going to be going to Binghamton. While he was at Quinnipiac this past season, Chenery was down to about 5.3 points per contest. Was still able at a 5 from 3 at about 32.5% from distance. But his best year came in his freshman year. We averaged 9.5 points, right around 4 boards, shot right around 33.5% from 3 points as a 6 foot 6 combo player. Binghamton has been on the rise a little bit more in the America East and at a bit of a lower level of competition going from the Metro Atlantic over to the America East. I think that this is going to be massive. Zarek Onyema has decided that he is going to be transferring away from UTEP at the level of the minors last season. Onyema was able to be a nice player right around 7 points per contest. He was a starter for them, part of a team that just really did a solid job on defense, did not generate a lot of steals whatsoever. At six foot eight, he was able to give the team Four and a half rebounds per game was really out there more for his defense than anything else. So we shall see what gems lie ahead for him because he wasn't necessarily too much of a scorer, but certainly was a nice contributor for that team. We also saw Roosevelt Wheeler decide that he is going to be wheeling and dealing going from Louisville over to VCU. So VCU, another nice add a little bit later on during the day with Wheeler, a former top 75 consensus recruit that just couldn't get out there for Louisville. Average 1.4 points per contest last two seasons at six foot ten. Not a guy that's going to be stretching the floor or anything like that, but I feel like he could sort of play that Daniel Aiken role like Ryan Odom liked when he was at Utah State coaching up last season. And for Wheeler, I do think that he's got a ton of upside. We shall see what he's going to be able to do with that in minutes, and we shall see what happens with Tyree Boykin as well as he was playing this last season over at Appalachian State, and he has decided that he is going to be ending the transfer portal as he was very good for. Appalachian State began his career playing at Union, Tennessee. He played, I believe, four seasons there, so he is very long in the tooth in terms of his college basketball experience, but he came up to the D1 level, and he was unfazed by it. Average 9.9 points per contest, shot in the low to mid-30s from three-point range, so I think that he can make an impact for a team. And then in terms of non-player news, we did see the Big Sky and the Summit League are starting a three-year challenge starting this season. I think that that could be beneficial for a pair of conferences are out here in the mountainous slash of Pacific time zone so that was good for them and then we saw one big draft declaration figuratively and literally Zach Eady you figured that he was going to be testing out the NBA draft waters in some former capacity he is maintaining his eligibility but he is putting his name in there he won the wooden award this past season and you gotta think that Purdue is open if at all possible to be able to retain him as he shot north of 60% from the floor 13 rebounds per game, 22.3 points per contest, 2 blocks per contest for a Purdue team that they took that horrible, bad loss to Fairleigh Dickinson. I pin that a lot more on the coaching in that circumstance than one Mr. Van Painter. Yes, I am looking at you rather than Zach Eady, but 
We shall see what happens on that front. And right now, there is a lot of wait and see, but we're trying to make as good of sense of it as humanly possible right here on the podcast, Coast Coast Hoops. We'll be with you guys every single day during the college basketball season to get you prepared. And if you do like appearing from this fine podcast, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. A big thanks to Connor Hope, who does amazing work over at EchXABB, for joining me in the last segment. I'll be coming at you guys every single day here on this podcast and conference previews, most likely starting about a month and a half from now as we get more clarity with the transfer portal. Until then, we're going to be updating you as to what's all happening there, and I will catch up with you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.